The scripture reading for today is Nehemiah 13, 4 to 14. Now before this, Eliashib the priest, who was appointed over the chambers of the house for God, and who was related to Tobiah, prepared for Tobiah a large chamber where he had previously put the grain offering, the frankincense, the vessels, and the tithes of grain, wine, and oil, which were given by commandment to the Levites, singers, and gatekeepers, and the contributions for the priests. Was this was taking place, I was not in Jerusalem, for in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I went to the king. And after some time, I asked leave of the king and came to Jerusalem. And I then discovered the evil that Eliashib had done for Tobiah, preparing for him a chamber in the courts of the house of God. And I was very angry, and I threw all the household furniture Tobiah out of the chamber. Then I gave orders, and they cleansed the chambers, and I brought back there the vessels of the house of God, with a grain offering and the frankincense. I also found out that the portions of the Levites had not been given to them, so that the Levites and the singers who did the work had fled each to his field. So I confronted the officials and said, Why is the house of God forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their stations. Then all Judah brought the tithes of the grain, wine, and oil into the storehouses. And I appointed as treasurers over the storehouses Shelemiah the priest, Zadok the scribe, Panadiah of the Levites, and as their assistant, Hanan the son of Zakur, son of Manatina, for they were considered reliable. And their duty was to distribute to their brothers. Remember me, O oh my God, concerning this, and do not wipe out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God for his service. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. So for the past nine weeks, we've been covering the book of Nehemiah, rebuilding together, and we are wrapping up today with the final message from the final chapter 13 with a title called The Power of Repetition. And what we repeat determines the direction of our lives. Uh, education, uh, training, uh, takes place through repetition. Uh, even our spiritual growth uh, takes place through repetition. Uh, think of uh, those of us who grew up in church or who've been in church uh, every day, every week, uh, we read uh, the scripture as the bread of our life. Uh, those of us who finish the uh, entire book from Genesis to Revelation, as we go back and read again and again, each time uh, we understand the power and the depth of the gospel, the character and the promise of God. Uh, therefore, as we read the same Bible, it, it, there's a never dull moment, but God refreshes our soul. Even discipline of prayer, never ending, until we meet Jesus face to face. Think of all of us, uh, we eat breakfast, lunch, dinner repeatedly. Those of us who love cooking or are passionate about eating, and you think of it, you plan about what to eat for lunch, 
And then after cooking and eating and you know, finishing up, cleaning up, within a few hours, you have to think about what to eat for dinner. Think of moms or dads who have to pack your children for lunch to go to school. You think about it today, but then you have to think about it tomorrow, never ending. Anything significant, anything precious requires repetition. And yet, I have to be honest. I don't know about you, but for me, I really, really dislike repeating. I don't like repeating same thing or explaining to my children if it's basic, fundamental, I want them to get it. I really don't like repeating same thing to our staff because it is challenging for me to say anything like sensitive, right? Like what to do or what not to do. So I have to really like prepare myself and take courage to explain something. And then the week after, if I have to repeat again, I really don't enjoy that. Probably some of you can identify parents or those of you who are manager. Sometimes you have to repeat the same thing to your uh, employees or people that you work with. Think of repeating the same thing to your spouse. You feel like they never get it. So many of us, I mean, we get frustrated when we have to repeat the same thing over and over again. I know a pastor who was a really, really good uh, preacher uh, back in LA, California. Uh, I thought like he would thrive and he planted a church within like five, six years. The church grew exponentially. And yet one day he just quit his church ministry and he was going to uh, mission field. So I asked him, why are you quitting? And I remember him clearly saying, you know what, Jason, I hate repeating sermon again and again to same congregation members and he went to mission field and he's been there for 20 years and three years ago i met him in a conference i said how are you doing it's like man i'm stuck with same people for the past 20 years i regret quitting my ministry back in california you know we think that we walk away and quit and move on to something else but you know what, in reality, when you go there, you have to repeat the uh, same thing over and over again. What you really treasure, what you really value in life, you have to repeat until the end. Because through repetition, you develop habit, uh, God shapes your character, even your children. God shapes who they are through repetition. Think of it. You don't really think about brushing your teeth or praying before a meal or praying before you go to bed or even coming to worship. But on the other hand, bad things, when you repeat, it becomes a habit of sinful nature, even to the point of addiction. Think of some of the things that you are struggling today, internally, spiritually, emotionally, Probably those are the things that you've been repeating, whether you know or you've been repeating unconsciously. As we come back to the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah had excellent leadership. I mean, what a man of God. 
you know, who prayed, who planned, who prepared, executed. I mean, we, we need someone like Nehemiah in our everyday life. He came to Jerusalem, leaving his comfort zone as a governor of Jerusalem, and he succeeded in terms of rebuilding the wall. As you read chapter 12, not only he rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem, he gathered the people of Israel. There was a spiritual renewal, repentance, revival taking place through the word of the Lord. And there's a reformation of social justice. There's a reformation with even the community of God. They dedicated, we will read, we will come back to the word of the Lord we will come back to the worship. We will keep our Sabbath. We will give our tithing so that we will build a community of God. So, amen. Uh, chapter 12 was a happy ending. I, and I wish Book of Nehemiah ended in chapter 12. But however, it ends in chapter 13. And chapter 13 is a traveling and very discouraging, uh, so to speak. And yet, the Bible is the word of the Lord because it does not delete any uncomfortable stories or even failures. Like King David failing, Peter failing, it records. And even Israelites failing in chapter 13. So what happened in chapter 13? Uh, we don't know how long the Nehemiah was absent However, remember the promise that Nehemiah made with the king that I will come back. So after exercising leadership for many, many years, Nehemiah had to go back to Babylon to honor the promise. And he didn't stay there long enough, so he wanted to come back. And we have no idea exactly how long Nehemiah was absent in Jerusalem. But we also know that uh, back then, traveling one way from Jerusalem to Babylon, it took more than four months. So think of it, if you do math, going there, reporting, explaining, and then getting permission back to come back to Jerusalem, the commentator is saying that at least Nehemiah was absent for a year. Or some commentators say maybe he was gone for two years. So Nehemiah was missing in Jerusalem, and then he came back. As he returned, what happened in Jerusalem? At least two things happened. Number one, Eliashib, uh, who was the spiritual leader, high priest, not just regular ordinary priest, but the high priest who was responsible for the house of God, gave our large chamber or room of the house of God to Tobiah. Do you remember who Tobiah was? Along with Sambalot? They were against Nehemiah. They were the enemies of Jerusalem. They, this, they went against in terms of building the wall of Jerusalem. And yet Eliashib, high priest, gave a room away. Not his own personal house, but house of God. In verse 5, prepare for Tobiah, large chamber where they had previously put the grain of offering, the frankincense, the vessels, and the tithes of grain, wine, oil, which were given by 
commandment to the Levites, the singers and gatekeepers and contributions for the priest. Can you imagine? Eliashib was appointed to oversee the chambers of the house of God, and yet the room was prepared for the enemy, Tobiah. These were the place to store the tithes, the offering to God. It was a failure of leadership, big time spiritual compromise. Not only that, number two, compromising tithing and violating the Sabbath. In verse 10, I also found out that the portions of the Levites had not been given to them so that the Levites and the singers who did the work had fled each to his field. After saying amen, we are going to commit our lives to worship God every Sabbath. We will give our finance to the Lord and yet, you know, we can commit to God That's on Sunday and on Monday when reality hits. What do we compromise? Or maybe not this year. Maybe not this week. Maybe not today. So we need accountability when it comes to worshiping, when it comes to giving our lives unto the Lord. Because these temptations never end. So Nehemiah came back and saw the reality. That's discouraging. That's upsetting. I was gone for a year and then back to zero. Have you ever felt like that? Like you drill something important to your children and then the moment that you go away and they come back like back to zero. If you're like, what's the point? Forget this. And then Nehemiah in chapter 13, he comes back to God and comes back to the people of God, and what does he do? He repeats. So there is a power of repetition that we have to understand. And number one, understanding the truth through repetition. When we have to repeat again and again, um, the temptation is for us to be discouraged, and we want to lower the standard. Especially someone like Eliashib, a leadership failure, his responsibility and privilege as the leader. Think of it. What, what happened here? Giving a chamber, giving a very important room to Tobiah. Eliashib could easily explain and justify or blame the situation. You know what? I didn't mean to give to Tobiah. I didn't want to, but people were not giving tithing room was empty, I had to be responsible, taking care financially, and Tobiah, maybe he was wealthy, and said, I will give you money. I will fill the room. It's not my fault. People didn't give. I mean, there could be so many different reasons. And one of the reasons that is clear from the scripture, in chapter 13, verse 28, and one of the sons of Jehoiada, the son of Eliashib, the high priest, was the son-in-law of Sambalat, 
the Horonite. Therefore, I chased him from him. So what happened was Eliashib had a grandchildren and one of the grandsons end up marrying into Sambalat's family. Remember last Sunday, we talked about really keeping our faith even through our family, through our marriage, and people will commit and dedicate it. It's one thing for us to commit, but if you're a son, if you're a daughter, if you're a son-in-law, marrying into like this privileged family, right? Sambalat is a powerful man, political man. Worldly succeed, uh, successful person, right? It's a great temptation. So they became in-law. When there's a cho choice between your family relationship, integrity, and faith, what do you choose? Eliashib's responsibility was to lead Israelites into worship and proper spiritual responsibility, and yet, even if high priest, even if a pastor or long Christian or committed brothers and sisters, when it comes to our family and faith, when it comes to something that is so important in our lives and faith, it is darn difficult and challenge. Can we have both? Yes, of course, I mean, it would be amazing for us to really keep our faith and comfortable lifestyle. And yet one thing that is clear is that Eliashib and Tobiah should not be mixed. And yet somehow we mix it. We let the door open. And very place of where the God should take over. The chamber where God resides in our lives. And we let Tobiah come in. Vance Havener said, Today the world has so infiltrated the church. Satan is not fighting churches. He is joining them. We made it so easy and we made everything gray and relative so that now Satan doesn't need to fight against church. Satan simply joins, comes into church. So Tobiah comes right into the house of God. And yet, the truth of the gospel is something that we don't really master and that we move on to the next lesson. But gospel is everything. The word of the Lord is everything fundamentally, and it is beginning and the end. So we need to hear the word of the Lord. We need to hear the gospel again and again and again repeatedly. And there has to be like spiritual muscle. Like when you have, when you exercise, there's a saying, like it's like riding a bicycle. Even if you stop riding bicycle for 20, 30 years, your muscle remembers. So when you're back on to bicycle, it's like riding a bicycle. 
even to our children. It's like a spiritual memory, spiritual muscle. When you repeat spiritual exercise and discipline of reading the scripture, praying together when they're young, even after they go through wilderness season or they may kind of wander around for a season, their spiritual muscle remembers and they crave and they miss it and they come back. Not only for our children, but even for our seniors. It's not much the case in our EM, but for our KM, time to time I do visitation to nursing homes. Uh, when you go to nursing home, there are elderly elders or you know, some of the seniors, uh, they may not have short-term memories. And yet it is very, very interesting because even though their short-term memory and their memory is gone, they remember in terms of praying and certain seniors, they remember some of the hymns, word by word. They remember about worshiping God. That's why the word of the Lord requires repetition because even if we hear it once and hear again and again, the level of death the profound, the lesson and revelation of God, it is so different each time we hear. Therefore, it is very important, even for our New Hope 101, even membership, to share the gospel, what gospel is. And some of the people who come, like say, you know, I've been church for 20 years. I've been leader in my previous experience. I don't need to hear the gospel. You know what? I think that's a part of pride. Because if we truly are passionate about the gospel, our heart beats again when we hear the gospel. Even though we heard gospel yesterday, we hear again today, our hearts become passionate. Just like you ate lunch yesterday, you need to eat lunch today. That God has given us new day today to live your day for the Lord. To eat spiritual bread. To have spiritual breath through the discipline of prayer. And that is the only way for you to grow deeper and to understand and learn who God is. That's why Nehemiah repeats again and living out the truth of God once again as he comes back to Jerusalem. Number two, repetition requires resilience. What defines faithfulness? Many of us, we think that faithfulness is determined by doing again again. That is correct. But there's one more layer. Even through discouragement, even through failure, you get back again. That determines faithfulness. From the attitude of what's the point of trying to get back again to the grace of God. 
So some of the parents, maybe you feel like you're discouraged and feel like giving up. Those of us who receive God's call, you feel like you gave your 100%, and yet you feel like there is no point. It's not worth giving it a try. Maybe Holy Spirit is reminding you again. So teachers, every semester, every year, even if you feel like you're just repeating the same thing and they don't care and they don't get it, somehow, one point of their life, through your resilience, through your endurance, somehow God is going to transform and shape their value, their character. I have to preach every Sunday. Whether you get blessed, whether you don't get it, you know, there are some Sundays I feel like, wow, you know, I feel like God used me. Praise the Lord. And there are some Sundays I feel like I have to, I want to hide. It's like, I don't want to see people today. It's like, I just want to hide. But regardless, whether it was a good Sunday or whether it was a terrible Sunday, every Monday morning when I wake up, I have to repeat again. I have to open the scripture, and I have to prepare again. And I've been doing it for 18 years. My wife teaches at school, and she was saying, you know what, for me, my students, like, they rotate, like, every three years, like, they graduate and new students come in, right? But for me, like, you never graduate. <laughs> and yet, as I repeat every week, and some of you, like, you've been repeating, repeatedly listening to sermon, Hope and pray, and I believe that one point, hope more than one point, the Holy Spirit reveals, and there's a breakthrough, and there's a moment where the God, you feel like God is ministering to you. It is the same as you are building your marriage, raising your children. It is the same even in your workplace that you are teaching as a teacher or students repeating the same drill again and again. We have to realize the battle that you and I were engaged in, a spiritual battle. And the lesson that we have to learn is Sambalat and Tobiah, the enemy of God, they never give up. They are resilient. Until when? until they take over the chamber of God in your life. Everyone has a chamber where God has to take over. And yet Tobiah wants to take over that place, the special room of your heart, special room of your relationship. And the temptation is never ending. That's why we need to be fighting until the end. We need to repeat. There's something that we hold on to, it's like life and death, that you don't want to compromise, that's something that you have to repeat until the end. Because temptation is so real. I've heard some of the congregation members who do business on Sunday, and I ask, I haven't seen them. How come they're not coming out? Oh, because they're doing so well. They cannot come out. It's like doing well in life, business. It's like a Tobiah. 
And another person I was asking, I haven't seen. How come they're not coming out? Because business is going bad. They cannot come out. It's like either you do well or you do poorly. When you're doing well, you feel like you need security. You need that success. You need to maintain. That becomes Tobiah. When you're doing poorly, your worry, anxiety, insecurity becomes Tobiah. Brothers and sisters, let me ask you, who is Tobiah? What is Tobiah in your life? They're constantly fighting to take over the place of God in you. The enemy is resilient. Tobiah never went away. And as soon as Nehemiah goes away, comes right back into the chamber of God, the center of house of God. Secularism, the worldly value, taking over and influencing our family, our church, our children. And yet Nehemiah's response, not giving up. He is doubly resilient. Think of verse 8 and 9. I underline and highlight it here. And I was very angry, rightly so. You know what? I think we need to be angry when things happen like this. And I threw all the household of furniture of Tobiah. There is no politeness. Out of the chamber. Then I gave orders. They cleansed the chambers. And I brought back. Repeat it again. I brought back there the vessels of the house of God with a grain offering and frankincense. You have to bring it back. Until when? Until you die. Until you meet Christ again and again, you need to bring it back. You need to do it again. Repeat again and again. Abandoning God's law, your commitment, it happens slowly. Over, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes little by little. That's why rebuilding the wall never happens overnight either. You need to do little by little. Every day you need to rebuild Every day you need to do little by little of returning back to God. Spiritual, moral decay, compromise takes little by little in the same way. Spiritual renewal, spiritual revival needs, requires repetition little by little. And those values that you repeat, think of it. Those of you who left the church and came back, what caused you? Because you remember, your spiritual muscle remembers. When you repeat. You know, this week uh, we are having New York Mississauga staff meeting and Pastor Susan, who does education. You know, she was sharing with our staff, like she noticed after long years of doing education with the children's ministry, what parents train and what they do in their early years, it actually it bears a fruit when they turn teenagers and become young adults. And probably some of the parents you heard from Pastor Susan, she was not threatening you, but she said, you know what, if you skip like worship based on your convenience here and there, oh, they don't feel like it, you know what, and it's going to be, that much more difficult when they turn teenager, when they turn young adults, to have 
the repetition of worshiping and coming back to the house of God. Because what we repeat shapes. Uh, during our KM service, we have a lot of our high school students getting confirmed and baptized. And this week, uh, through uh, baptismal class and Q&A, I, I, w- I had the privilege of hearing their testimony, every single person. And my question was, how did you meet Christ? More than half of them, you know what they said? I met Christ at the retreat. Some of them, they say, I met Christ at the mission trip. And I was so grateful. I was like, man, we have March retreat, summer retreat, winter retreat, like two, three times a year that they go again and again and again, and yet as they repeat, and yet one point of their retreat, they encounter Christ, and they give their life. Parents, what we repeat counts. Anything important, anything that is worth of your life, you never get it one, one shot. You get it through repetition. That's why Nehemiah was putting it back again. Repeating, though he was angry, holy anger for God. Your activities shapes value. Your worship shapes who you are in your relationship with God. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith requires repetition. Brothers and sisters, today we have a baptism, and I'm going to wrap up today's sermon in a very simple, short way. And yet, as we hear the word of the Lord, there are many areas we feel like we let Tobiah come in, into a very special core, the center of our lives. You need to drive Tobiah away. You need to cleanse your heart. You need to cleanse your worship. You need to cleanse your commitment. And as you do that, the most amazing thing is that God's grace flows repeatedly. God forgives you again. God is calling you back repeatedly. And God gives you another opportunity to repent. Do not take it for granted. Because we don't know God's timing. But even this year, we're wrapping up. How are you going to wrap up this year? In two weeks, we're beginning brand new year, 2023. And some of you say, well, what's the point? Like, there's a New Year resolution. But you know what? Repeat. But what are some of the things that you need to repeat until you die, until you end your mission? These are the priority. Something that is important. Each day, each week, each year, when it comes to something that is precious, precious, 
you repeat, and that will shape your faith, your relationship with God. Not only that, the way you make impact in people's lives. So good news, God's grace repeatedly overflowing in your life. True restoration is experienced through God's repetitive grace. Let's pray together. Brothers and sisters, I think we need to repeatedly evaluate where we are. I mean, like Israelites, you know, we say amen and we committed last week, and yet the temptation comes back. And if you're like, rather than really thriving and having the throne of God taking over in your life, if you like, you let Tobiah in again. I think we have to confess again, recommit our lives again. Maybe some of you are in a place of giving up. If you're like, what's the point? I gave my best shot. You know, Nehemiah gave 100%. And yet, when he comes back, he realized that, you know, this is not something that you do it at once and walk away. But this is something that he has to fight until the end. And same thing, you and I, if we really want to see God's healing and restoration, we need to repeat. So let's pray before the Lord. God, would you give me strength and patience and endurance? And may we receive your grace repeatedly each day. I need your grace again. I need your forgiveness. I need your opportunity again. Help me to come back to your heart. Worship, word, giving my heart to you again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Nehemiah, the way that you have used him to remind us. As we wrap up the series, when he saw the compromise, he didn't quit, but he surrendered and recommit again and again to see restoration. May your Holy Spirit help us to do that in our everyday life and see the evidence and fruit of your work and of the Holy Spirit will be experienced 
not necessarily in our own timing, but in your perfect timing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.